Hello again everyone, and welcome back to The InDesigner, the video cast that provides information, instruction, and insight for designers using and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host, Michael Murphy, graphic designer and Adobe Certified Expert in InDesign CS2, and this is episode 43, Data Merge. Way back in episode number 7, which was audio only, I talked about data merge, but I always meant to, and have been frequently asked to, cover the topic with video, where the process would be easier to understand. So, 36 episodes later, I'm finally getting around to that. What made me choose to do it now was an email I received from Colin in Louisiana about how to streamline a project he does regularly using Data Merge. I realized that his project files were a great way to show off the capabilities of Data Merge in an easy-to-understand way, and I was lucky enough to get the cooperation and permission of the designer and his client to use those files as a real-world example. So thanks to both Colin Davidson and his client Shreveport Sports Baseball Club for their cooperation. What Colin and the Shreveport Sports Minor League Baseball Club needed to do was to create a layout using up-to-date player information for every game program. Stats and players change with each game, so a data-driven approach was the most efficient way to go. Each player's piece of the layout is made up of their number, name, position on the team, some other standard information, up-to-date statistics, and a photo. In this one example, the bulk of the information is set up as a table while the number and name are in a separate frame of their own, as is the photo. Borders, logos, and other unchanging elements are also separate objects. The layout calls for eight of these player profiles to appear on each page. The data that will populate each player's box is provided as an Excel spreadsheet, so let's open that up and see what we've got to work with. This is a basic Excel spreadsheet with columns for each piece of data and a row representing each player. Currently, the spreadsheet is sorted by last name, but the program calls for them to be sorted by the player's number. That has to be done here in Excel. There's no way in InDesign to resort the data. So I'll select all of this, go to Data, Sort, choose by number in ascending order, and click OK. Now everything is in the necessary order. If you've ever set up a mail merge in a word processing program, you've used the basic principles that make data merge work in InDesign. However, InDesign's layout features and the ability to bring images in as part of the data make data merge much more powerful. The image references in this spreadsheet are in the Headshots column, which I'll expand so you can see how it needs to be set up. In order for InDesign to know where the images exist, the file names need to include the entire path. On the Macintosh, as shown here, each directory level is separated by a colon. Windows users need to put backslashes between directory levels. At the end of this path, which is the same for all of my headshots, are the names of the individual Photoshop files for each player. In order for InDesign to distinguish these file paths from all of the regular text in the spreadsheet, I need to insert the at symbol at the beginning of this column's header name. But Excel is not going to like that one bit. See what I mean? Excel reserves the at symbol at the beginning of a cell for formulas, and it can't make sense of this one. In order to qualify this as not part of a formula, I need to put an apostrophe before the at symbol. Now, when I leave this cell, the apostrophe disappears, but the at symbol is accepted. I'd love to just save this Excel file and use it as my data source, but unfortunately, InDesign does not allow .xls files to be used as a data source. 
They have to be saved in either of two formats, tab delimited text or as a comma delimited CSV file. I'm not a big fan of the CSV format, so I'm going to choose text, tab delimited, name the file playerrosterdata.txt, and click Save. Then I have to deal with and dismiss Excel's series of annoying warning dialogues, and then I'm done. Back in InDesign, I'll zoom in on this pre-formatted player information box, then go to the Window menu and choose Automation Data Merge to open up the Data Merge panel. In its default state, this panel actually gives you the basic three-step instructions for using Data Merge. We're going to go through each one of these starting with the first. Choose Select Data Source from the panel menu. First, I'll move this panel out of the way so we can see the entire player box. Then go to the panel menu and choose Select Data Source. I'll navigate to my playerdataroster.txt file, click Open, and expand this palette so we can see everything in it. At the top is the file name of the data source, and listed below that are the names of all of the column headings we saw in the Excel file. The first thing I'm going to set up is the player's photo. I'll delete this image in this frame, keep the frame selected, then go to the data merge panel where we can clearly see which one of these pieces of data refers to an image because of this picture icon next to it. Telling InDesign to place the image in this frame is as easy as dragging the headshot's name from the data merge panel into this selected frame. Notice that this graphic frame now contains the name of the data field, headshot, surrounded by double angle brackets. Next, I'll select the text where the number should go, and just click on Number in the Data Merge panel. I'll take the same series of steps for the first name, last name, and position. If I delete the text here for BT, I can also drag the BT item in the Data Merge panel into that table to put the placeholder in there. But for the rest, I'm going to use the quicker Select and Click method. If you're thinking you could just type in your field names where you need them and put the double angle brackets around them, think again. It doesn't work. This is the only way to associate these placeholders with the data source. Notice that the source file contains data we haven't used. That's not a problem. Anything that doesn't have a placeholder on the page will be ignored in the final merge. At the bottom of the panel is a preview button and other options. Let's put those to work and see what we get. I'll check preview and there's the information and photo from the first record, or player, in the source file. With preview still checked, I can move through each record, one by one, to see each player's information and make sure everything's working. Now it's time to fill the rest of this page, and the document, with all 24 players. First, I'll turn off preview, then go to the panel menu, and choose Create Merge Document. Here, I find all of my data merge options in one place. I can choose to merge in a single record and pick any one of the 24 records, or choose a range of records. I can even use a non-consecutive range using commas like you do when you're printing non-consecutive pages. I want to merge all of my records. By default, InDesign will create a new page for each record unless I change my records per document page setting from single record to multiple records. I'll move this dialog box over so we can see what happens with these settings when I check the Preview Multiple Record Layout box. InDesign has fit eight players onto the page, but notice how jammed together each one is. The outer edges of all of the repeating elements are touching, with no space in between them. 
to fix that, I'll switch to the Multiple Record Layout tab. There's no way to specifically say how many records you want on a page. Notice that everything that was on the page got repeated, even the logo and other parts of the player profile box that had nothing to do with the data merge. The only reason that the blue bar at the bottom of the page wasn't also repeated is that it's on the master page, so it's ignored by data merge. If you don't want something to be duplicated in the merge, get it off your document page. I've got my margin set to determine how much of the page can be used for the merge. And to distance the player boxes from one another, I'll first adjust the space between columns. Notice that at 0.25 inches I lose my right column because there isn't enough room to fit it in the margins. So I'll reduce that spacing to 0.2125 and now they're back. Between rows, 0.0625 still leaves me more room, so I'm going to up that value to 0.0875 inches. And that's perfect. If I click the next page arrow, I can see a preview of each page. So the size of the objects on the page, the margins you set here, and the spacing you set between each record automatically determine how many records will fit on a page. Keep that in mind as you set up your placeholder objects if you want the end result to look right. Another option here is the Arrange By area, where I can have my records put in rows first, or left to right, or columns first, which is top to bottom. Colin has his program set up to have the players go in number order top to bottom, so I'll switch this to columns first, and here you can see the refloat orientation of player boxes on the page. The last tab in this dialog box is the Options tab. Here, you can control image placement, fitting images to frames using any of these preset options, and you can set all images to be centered in their frames. Checking Remove Blank Lines for Empty Fields takes out any lines with placeholders for which there is no data in the source file. This is good for something like business cards, which may or may not have multiple phone numbers. But since I have static lead-ins for all of these statistics, removing blank lines won't remove that static text, so I'm leaving this unchecked. You can also set a limit of how many pages can be created in a document. If you have many records and you want to split them between different documents, you can set a limit here. When it's reached, InDesign will create a new document with the remaining records up to that limit and as many more documents as it needs to based on this setting. I'm done here, so I'm just going to click OK. InDesign tells me that there's no overset text generated in this merge, which is good information to have, but we'll see how true that is in just a moment. Notice that I now have a new file, teamroster-cs3-source-1.indd. The document I've been working in this whole time is behind that and remains unchanged. Data Merge builds a new document for every merge operation, and you can see that the default state of the Data Merge panel is what we see in this new document, which has no relationship to the data file anymore. Only the original document does. And this document has three pages with eight players on each, which is all 24 players from the data source file. Back on page one, I want to take a look at the entry for Wade Robinson down here. Behind this data merge panel, look at what we have here. The dreaded red dot that indicates overset text in a table cell. 
Keep this in mind if you're using tables and data merge. The overset text report that's generated does not include table cells. Since the table itself fits in the text frame, it's not considered overset text, even though the text in this cell clearly is. It's not a huge problem, but it's something to be aware of. For now, I'm just going to ignore it in this example. The great thing about data-driven layout is how easily you can adapt to changes. Suppose Colin needed to do a version that was in player name order. It's as easy as going back to the Excel spreadsheet, selecting all, choosing data, sort, by last, in ascending order, saving the file as a tab delimited file with the same name, which replaces the original, clicking through these annoying dialog boxes again, going back to InDesign, to my original document, which is linked to the data, opening the data merge panel, choosing Update Data Source, then choosing Create Merge Document. Without changing anything, I'll just click OK, dismiss this dialog box, and here's another new document that now has the players sorted alphabetically and contains all 24 players across three pages. Once again, I can't thank Colin and Shreveport Sports Baseball Club enough for letting me use their layouts, data, and images in this episode. If you want to know more about Data Merge, Steve Werner has written a great three-part series of posts, complete with screen captures, about this feature on the internet. I highly recommend you read that. He covers single-record data merge as well as multiple records. On a closing promotional note, I just want to mention that I have a new article in the latest issue of InDesign Magazine about important design fundamentals to keep in mind when creating tables, and the 10 InDesign features that will help you create clean, easily understandable tables. If you're not a subscriber, go to www.indesignmag.com to subscribe and use the promo code THEINDESIGNER to get not only a two-year subscription, but all back issues of the magazine as well. Finally, if you're in the Boston area, I'll be speaking at the next Boston InDesign user group meeting on September 20th. I've got the stage for the whole meeting, so if you're in the area, now's the time to join the group. It's entirely free, and you can find out more at www.indesignusergroup.com chapters Boston. That's it for this episode. Get out there and start automating your layouts. I'll be back soon, but in the meantime, feel free to post your questions or comments about this or any other episode on the blog at indesignsecrets.com slash theindesigner. Email me at info at theindesigner.com or look for me on AIM or iChat as The InDesigner. Until next time, this is Michael Murphy for The InDesigner Videocast and indesignsecrets.com. Thanks for watching.